Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters Europe, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Michaela Felisiak. In this special series of podcasts, we'll be looking at specific issues affecting businesses and organizations in those countries that are impacted by the spread of the coronavirus, especially in our European jurisdictions. In addition to touching on the important stories and events happening in these countries, we are also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice on the ground in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help the local clients move through these difficult times. Joining us today in the program is Kato Arts, counsel at Lydian in Belgium. Kato, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Very well. How are you? Good as well. Thanks. It's absolutely great to have you on the show. So let me begin with a more general question. What is currently going on in Belgium? Belgium is currently phasing out of its second lockdown. The second lockdown was announced at the end of October and started at the beginning of November after Belgium proved to be one of the countries with the highest infection rates within the European Union. During the second lockdown, the most important measures impacting employers are, first of all, the obligation to work from home which applies to all employees in all sectors and for all companies, unless this is impossible in view of business operations. If the employee's presence at the workplace is required, the need for the employee to work at the employer's premises or elsewhere should be confirmed in a written document. And then secondly, all restaurants and bars have closed and non-essential retail needed to close as well. In the meantime, non-essential retail was allowed to reopen again, but still many businesses remain closed. So as a consequence, the government support measure of simplified temporary unemployment has been reactivated for all sectors and all companies. Let me follow up on that. So what is the simplified system of temporary unemployment you're referring to? Can you please explain this to me and our listeners, Kato? Of course. Unlike what is the case in many other countries, this support measure existed already prior to the crisis. Under Belgian law, an employment contract can be temporarily suspended due to economic reasons or due to act of God scenarios. And in that case, the employer is exempt from paying the employee's salary while they are unable to work on the one hand, and employees are eligible for unemployment benefits paid by the state on the other. Of course, in both scenarios, the economic reasons or the act of God scenario need to be proven and some additional formal requirements apply. And this was actually too burdensome during the first wave both for employers and authorities. And so therefore, at the start of the crisis, Belgian government reacted quite quickly by allowing all employers experiencing a decrease of work or facing the inability to employ their personnel linked to COVID-19 to make use of a simplified process of temporary unemployment due to COVID-19, recognizing all forms of temporary unemployment due to COVID as act of God. This is of course a very favorable measure, very costly also, reason for which it was less broadly accessible and only allowed for specific hard-hit sectors and hard-hit companies after the 31st of August. With the reality of the second lockdown, of course, where the government again imposed new stringent measures and company closures, the system was made available again for all companies, and this until the 31st of March 2021. Oh, that's very interesting. You also mentioned that most employees are still working from home. Has this evolved over time? Well, yes, actually it has. So, of course, like in many countries, if not all countries all over the world, employees in Belgium have started to work from home. 
but the obligation to do so has indeed changed a bit over time. Of course, the bottom line remained the same. I mean, working from home has become our new normal, but since the wording of the ministerial decrees imposing this obligation has changed over time, the impact has slightly varied depending on the companies and employees concerned. In the first stage where working from home was only mandatory in non-essential sectors, working from home became the norm over the summer when measures loosened up a little bit. And then now since the second lockdown, homework has been imposed more stringently. It is now mandatory for all jobs and all sectors. The only exception is an impossibility to work from home because of the nature of the employee's job or the continuity of business operations. Whether or not there is an impossibility to work from home is of course a factual discussion. In some cases, an employer may argue that working from home is not possible and the employee's presence at work is required. Whereas an employee might argue that the opposite is true, claiming that working from home is perfectly possible. If the employer and employee do not come to an agreement, social inspection services can be called upon to assess whether working from home is really impossible. And practices learned that this is actually one of the priorities of social inspection services charged with well-being at work today. In Belgium, social inspection services will first try to reconcile parties and try to legalize the situation and come to an amicable solution. And if this is not possible, more stringent measures can be imposed. It could go from an administrative fine or an official report which might trigger criminal prosecution. Social inspection services could also impose very far-reaching measures such as a company closure if it appears that the sanitary measures are not complied with and well-being of workers is put at risk. In any case, if an employer is of the opinion that the employee's presence at the workplace is required, this should be documented in writing. Employers must hand over a certificate to their employees, which they must carry with them when they are at work, confirming the need to be present on site. There is no particular format. Any written documentation is allowed, but it must clearly mention the name of the employer and the name of the employee. It must also mention that given the nature of the employee's job, their presence is required on site, but there is no need to prove the need to be present. So this is left at the party's discretion. And then lastly, it must also mention the validity date of the document. This can be one day, a specific period, or even open-ended for the duration of the current measures. And of course, a certificate must be valid at the moment the employee is at work. Since there is no formal requirement or template, any kind of written documentation, for instance, on a smartphone or a tablet will do, but the employee must be able to present the proof immediately when being asked by the competent inspection services. And then lastly, important to mention is that the certificate only applies to employees and not to independent contractors such as freelancers. It's very interesting because we have a quite similar situation here over in Germany. Like you said, um, in many other countries, um, working from home is very popular. So I would say with reference to Germany until now, we have had three different phases. So quite similar to Belgium, back in March, I would say most of the employees started working from home. Then in summer, when the numbers decreased, most of the employees returned to the office. And right now, I would say that a lot of employees work remotely again. So at least, like you said, this works with the respected activity. So with so many employees working from home, there's also over here a political discussion going on. But we are actually right at the beginning of the discussion. And the main part of the discussion is whether or not the employee should be entitled to, to work from home or not. So I think Netherlands has a right like this. 
With reference to, to Belgium, has the new normal that a lot of employees are working from home triggered any new employment legislation? Well, apart from the ministerial decrees imposing the obligation to work from home, nothing has really changed to Belgian employment law as such. What is remarkable, though, is that the legislation imposing the obligation to work from home uses a new term, which was before an unknown in Belgian legislation. And although the legislation itself did not change, we have recommended employers to agree on some practical arrangements with their employees. And if an agreement is not possible, issue some practical guidelines. These could range from indicating the times when the employees require to be available to arrangements on cost reimbursements or technical assistance. So for these practical arrangements, employers are and remain inspired by the existing legal framework, which, as I mentioned, did in fact not change. And what did the existing legislation regarding working from home look like? Well, working from home existed already in Belgium. We actually know two systems, which are called homework on the one hand, and then a specific type of homework called telework on the other. Although telework is deemed to be a specific type of homework, the rules on telework and the general rules on homework vary. Homework is defined as working from home under the authority of an employer from the employee's residence or any other chosen location without any direct monitoring of the employee's work by the employer. Whereas telework, on the other hand, is performing work that could have been performed on the employer's premises from another place by means of telecommunication tools. And under Belgian law, we have two types of telework. On one hand, structural telework, which aims at situations where an employee is working from home on a structural basis, or for instance, one day per week, and occasional telework, which regulates situations where an employee is working from home on a particular occasion. For instance, because of train strikes or because they need to stay home for an electrician or a plumber passing by that day. And it is mainly intended to respond to act of God scenarios facilitating the employee to work from home at their request, whereas they would not ordinarily do so. Since the legislation on temporary measures during the crisis used a hybrid term telehomework, which is a combination of homework and telework, there is a bit of uncertainty as to which legal system applies. Some argue that the legislator intended to introduce a new concept because the existing terms homework and telework were not used. And now voices are being raised to qualify the telehomework during the pandemic as occasional telework, since it also regards an act of God scenario. And the fact that the telework is imposed by the government and is not happening at the request of the employee would, according to these authors, not hinder application of the rules on occasional telework. But important to know is that this is not a purely theoretical debate. The impact for employers is that for the general form of homework, an agreement on reimbursement of costs is required. If no such agreement exists, the employer is liable to pay an amount of 10% of the employee's salary by way of lump sum cost reimbursement. This sanction does not apply to telework. And you can imagine that if you have your entire workforce working from home and you do not have any agreements in place, this can be a huge liability. Definitely. In Germany exists the same difference between uh, telework and homework, so that's quite interesting. Another aspect with working from home or homeworking is that employers lose some control and that, of course, trust becomes uh, very important. So according to your experiences, Kato, how are employers experiencing the remote interaction with their employees? Well, I believe overall, many employers have found that working from home can actually work. For a long time, there used to be a certain skepticism in relation to homework. And I feel like HR departments wanting to implement homework 
More largely, we're sometimes denied the possibility to do so by management, claiming that this would decrease productivity. And now that it's being imposed, I believe many employers have come to the realization that it can have a lot of benefits too. Traffic jams are being reduced, companies are actually saving a lot of time, and employees are signaling that they are experiencing a better work-life balance and they can work more efficiently and without interruptions when they are at home. So by now, I think it's generally accepted that working from home must remain a possibility in the future, and it will definitely become a stronger topic on the agenda, also in terms of employer branding and the war on talent. But at the same time, as you mentioned, Michaela, it brings some challenges as well. For instance, in relation to performance management, truth is that some employees are working very well from home and are even performing better. This certainly isn't the case for all of them. And also on the other side of the spectrum, some issues arise. I mean, some employees are feeling isolated since there is no interaction anymore with their colleagues. Others have difficulties to deconnect while they are actually working from home because they continue to work long after close of business or on weekends. And I'm pretty sure employers will face more and more issues in relation to psychological well-being of their employees and making sure they stay connected with the business and their colleagues. Perhaps this topic could stir up again the so-called right to deconnect. A few years ago, a right to deconnect was a hot topic in Belgium. And although to date there is no such right anchored in our legal system, the possibility was created by our legislator to have a debate around this on company level. In the company's health and safety committee, And perhaps in the aftermath of the pandemic, this is something that might be picked up again by individual companies or more broadly in society as a whole. And then a final point I wanted to touch upon is childcare. During the first waves here in Belgium, schools were closed. And also at the start of the second lockdown, schools closed for two weeks. And even if schools are open, I mean, the support systems many parents have are no longer in place, considering social contacts need to be limited to the absolute minimum. And generally speaking, grandparents are more at risk when contracting COVID, so contacts between grandparents and grandchildren are also discouraged, if not forbidden. So as a result, working parents have dealt with the issue of working full-time while homeschooling, or at least providing childcare during office hours as well. We have all experienced children walking in on conference calls, and to a certain extent, that is funny and cute, but it is tremendously tiring for the working parents as well. Our government has acknowledged this problem by implementing a specific type of parental leave during the pandemic. And this type of parental leave expired on the 30th of September, but of course COVID is still here. So I think that's quite interesting. We made actually pretty much the same experiences. So how is the hiring and firing process currently managed? Sure. I guess many employers have found out that job interviews can be easily done online. I virtually met with a recruiter a couple of weeks ago who actually confirmed that she had explored new possibilities thanks to the crisis. She explained that she used to meet in person with a candidate only one time and that the rest of the process was dealt with by phone, but that now for each step of the hiring process, she's using video calls, which gives a much better feel of who the candidate is and whether they could be the right fit for the job. Also in terms of signing the contract, I think employers are finding a way to organize this online by means of electronic signatures, such as DocuSign, or by simply scanning a wet signature. Specifically in relation to electronic signatures, we do recommend employers to be cautious, because Belgian law acknowledges the validity of an electronic signature, but has put in place some conditions and guarantees that need to be met, and the problem is that in practice, not all of these conditions can be met yet. For ordinary, full-time, open-ended employment contracts, this should not be a particular problem since there is no formal requirement of having a written employment contract before a certain date altogether. But for specific types of contracts, such as part-time contracts or clauses that are subject to these requirements, such as training clauses, 
we do recommend to continue exchanging wet signatures, which can happen by courier or, or mail. And the same applies to the firing process. Under Belgian law, an employer basically has three options to terminate an employment contract. Either by serving notice, which is the first option, in which case the employee continues to perform work and the contract remains in place during the notice period. The length of the notice period is determined by law and serving notice is subject to strict formalities. The employer must serve notice by registered mail or by bailiff's writ, and the notice letter must be drafted in the correct language, either Dutch, French, or German, and must mention the length of the notice period and the start date. A second option is to terminate with immediate effect. In that case, the employment contract comes to an immediate end and the employer is liable to pay a severance in lieu of notice. The severance payment should include the salary and all benefits the employee is entitled to under the employment contract. And then the third option is to choose a combination of both preceding options where part of the notice period is performed, for instance, for a handover, and then the remainder is paid in lieu. Particularly for the first option, we would still recommend to use a wet signature on the notice letter and send the original copy per registered mail since, like I said, electronic signatures aren't formally valid under Belgian law. And what would you advise an employer having the need to manage poor performance while employees are working from home? Well, the performance management process as such has not changed. Unless there are specific rules set out on industry level, which is, for instance, the case in the insurance sector, the process is rather informal and there, is no, there are no particular steps that need to be completed. In some, two conditions need to be met. First of all, the process must be fair. For instance, if an employee is not performing well, the employer should address this with the employee and allow a reasonable time to adjust. And then secondly, whatever process is put in place, the employer must duly comply with it. That means that if an employer allows a certain time to adjust, it must respect that time and not proceed to dismissal or other sanctions before the evaluation date. The employer must also be consistent in its approach and must treat all employees equally without any unlawful discrimination. So generally, that means that whatever process employers had in place, they can still proceed accordingly. Although, of course, physical meetings will have to be replaced with video conferences. That brings about the additional challenge, I think, that during a physical meeting, the employer usually has the possibility to have the employee sign a conversation report or the agreed upon targets for approval or at least receipt. This is important to make sure that whatever is agreed upon or whatever has been discussed is enforceable towards this employee who can then not claim afterwards something else had been discussed or that other or no targets were agreed upon. This possibility is, of course, no longer feasible when meeting online. So employers might have to take the extra effort of sending over a conversation report or a summary of targets by email afterwards. In very exceptional cases, employers have asked whether physical meetings can still take place, of course, with the necessary sanitary measures such as social distancing in place. For certain very tough conversations, it can indeed be difficult to meet online And from an HR perspective, I understand some employers might prefer to do this in person. Legally speaking, I believe this is still a possibility. And, and as I mentioned earlier, the current legislation states that homework is mandatory insofar possible. So one could argue that it is not possible to have this kind of conversation remotely. Of course, this is a very factual assessment. So especially with a poor performing employee, this could be a topic of debate in itself. But I do believe that, strictly legally speaking, the employer can continue to process even without a physical meeting if the employee refuses to participate. The employee just needs to make sure that there is a clear paper trail of issues being discussed with the employee and the employee was granted a reasonable time to improve their performance. Poor performance can definitely be a challenge um, when it comes to working from home. 
And I would say that it probably depends on many individual factors if working from home works or not. To bring this to an end, one last question we are asking every guest, and now it's your turn to answer this question. If there were one thing you wanted to tell our listeners, what would it be? It would be that we should try to seize the opportunities of this crisis. And maybe that's very uh, self-explanatory, but I think that in every crisis there is opportunity. And for instance, meeting online and having podcasts like these is one of the wonderful things that technology can offer and make our lives a little bit better. So I would definitely recommend our listeners to make use of that possibility and continue their positivism and enthusiasm. I totally agree with you, Kato. So thank you very much for your time. This was a very nice chat. And I wish you all the best for the time ahead. Have a nice holiday break and stay healthy. Thank you. You too. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with Kato Arts from Belgium or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters Europe, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Michaela Vlisiak and thanks for listening.